Welcome to Skin Crawl Radio Drama Podcast. The greatest radio drama horror podcast of all time. Created by Skinner. It will scare the hell out of you. of weirdly paranoid zombie claws if I don't cut it out. But you, you've got to believe me, right? You don't? Oh gosh, please, please just listen, and maybe you will. Uh, It's a tale you won't soon forget, okay? It's called the removal. Once you go through with this, there's no going back. You'll never be the same. I'm not sure what you're looking for. This has never been done before. I have to know what we're missing. What is it that our brains are filtering out from having us know? We all walk around as if we know everything. But I am certain we certainly do not. What do you mean? You aren't making sense. What does this have to do with the procedure? Oh, I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what it has to do with everything. When I was a boy of twelve, I was alone all the time. I couldn't stand to be around people. I was far too sensitive to be around them. Their chattering voices repelled me. Most interactions were an assault on my senses and in much of my isolation. 
could feel something behind me. The hairs on the back of my neck would stand up. A building loathsome creep under my skin. I could feel. I knew something was staring at me. Desiring me in some hideous way. It made me sick. Unknown eyes burning into the back of my neck like a hot iron. The horridness of my vulnerability almost too much to stop me from quickly turning around to see nothing. Nothing. How did you cope with these feelings of paranoia? Did you notify your parents? Were you ever taken to see a doctor? I didn't even bother telling my father. He wasn't a bad guy, but... He was a true blue old-school dad, you know? Worked a lot. Came home exhausted. Stressed about bills. I grew up during that time where people were starting to realize the whole American dream thing was a sham. But we're still trying to hold on to father goes to work while mother stays home to look after the two and a half kids and the dog. When I tried to tell my mom, she thought I was just describing a nightmare I'd had. She just passed it off as me, just being a nervous kid who watched too many sci-fi movies and horror shows on TV. In fact, she forbade me from watching all that shit for a while. Which sucked. But it did give me a reason to really fall into my art. Your art? Please, expand on that. I would try to ignore the terrible feelings of something around me with drawings and paintings. To lose myself outside of my mind so as not to think of that emptiness where my imagination would fill in the blanks of what it was that I felt leering at my every move. Paintings and drawings that frightened everyone who had the misfortune of seeing them. But I began to see dark shadows in the corner of my eyes. My peripheral vision began to dance with shadowy things that I could never make out for certain. As much as I tried, I could not see them clearly. Even as I looked forward and focused on my periphery, I began to call them betweeners, as they seemed to be straddling truth and hallucination. And I never told anyone about them. My isolation became unbearable. In the years that followed, I began to read voraciously about tricks the mind can play on people. I started to think perhaps it was just an abnormally powerful anxiety disorder. But part of me knew that just couldn't be that simple. Look, I'm not saying I don't have an anxiety disorder. 
But I think this is a sort of a, a chicken and the egg thing. Oh, did my anxiety come from these things, these betweeners, or did my anxiety cause me to hallucinate them? Either way, these fucking things were here to stay, tormenting me every day. So in order to save my sanity, I had forced myself to prove that the things I had been chronically haunted by were nothing more than paranoia and too much time alone. And how did you plan to prove this to yourself? My professional suggestions would have varied. Did you register for a sleep study or maybe a beginning a prescription for- now, I'm getting there, Doc. I told my GP about it and he said, the same thing. Sleep study, meds, you guys all think alike, but that's not what I wanted. No, wanted isn't the right word, needed. That's not what I needed. I needed proof. Not to be just as numb as the rest of these fucks who walk around their whole lives not realizing that something else is there. Something we can't see. <laughs> I know you think I'm nutty as a fruitcake, but that's why I'm here, right? For us to do what needs to be done? If you didn't think this would make me less crazy, you wouldn't have agreed to it, right? Or... <laughs> Are you just as curious as me? You've read my files, Doc. You're just asking me shit you already know. I bet your favorite part of science class was dissecting fetal pigs or frogs or whatever dead animal your school plopped on a tray for you, wasn't it? Was that your favorite part of medical school too? Playing a real life game of operation? Only you hit the sides on purpose just to see what happens? The noses on real cadavers don't light up, but I bet your eyes did when you dug that scalpel into their long dead tendons just to see if you could make them twitch. Mr. Moore, you are correct. I did read your file. I was curious about your headaches. The ones that finally caused your doctor to order a CT scan. Oh yeah. I lied about those. I mean, I got headaches. But the normal amount. I also threw in some shit about vision loss, and you know what? I was right, too. Because what did they find, Doctor? A deformity was found. What looked to be a part of your brain that never developed correctly, as well as a mass attached to that portion of the brain. It's what your heightened sensitivity and emotional agitation were attributed to. Though the growth was determined to be benign and removal was not suggested. But it was only a theory. And was never diagnosed in any certain terms. They wanted to blow me off. Probably because I didn't have any fancy pants insurance. It's not typical to perform unnecessary operations on the brain. It didn't seem to medically cause you any harm, so I can't say I disagree with your doctor's recommendations. So then why am I here, Doc? Why am 
I here? You know why. Because you want to see my fucking nose light up. I get it. This is that archaic, let's chop stuff off and see what happens shit that you white coats don't get to do much of anymore. This is old school. You found a willing participant with a brain x-ray convincing enough that you can legally get away with it too. I'm your golden goose, baby. You know, I've read about you too, Dr. Delgado. I did a little digging and you've been a little naughty, haven't you? And you've got friends in high places who made sure you kept your license. Mr. Moore. Medical malpractice, I believe is what it's called when a doctor performs unnecessary surgery. Is that right? I don't want to say one type of doctor is more important than the other, but I think the medical board gets a little more upset with brain surgeons digging around in someone's noggin for no reason than if a podiatrist chops off the wrong toe. Especially if that someone is a 40-year-old mother of four who walked in with a migraine and was wheeled out as a vegetable. All because Dr. Delgado wanted to perform an exploratory surgery on a benign mass that other doctors stated during your little trial that they would have never touched. It hadn't grown or changed over the years, and her migraines were being treated just fine with medication. She didn't even come to see you. You found her file and reached out to her. I thought I could help her. Her headaches were debilitating. She knew the risk. But you hit the sides and buzzed. Her nose lit up. And you lost the game. Well, she's the one who really lost. You just transferred hospitals. I... Relax, Doc. I'm just yanking your chain. The whole reason I know all that is the reason you and I were a match made in medical oddity heaven. Stop sweating. Let me tell you the rest of my story, okay? Like that 40-year-old mother of four. I know the risks. So, just let me get this out, okay? Feel free to take all the notes you want. Maybe this will get you in some kind of medical journal someday. They thought Semmelweiss was crazy too at one time, and look, now everyone knows washing your hands prevents the spread of germs. Let me be your germ. I'm confused, Mr. Moore. Are you my game of operation, or are you my germ? Ah, you got me. Can't bullshit a bullshitter, right? Now, can I tell my story? You may proceed with your story, Mr. Moore. However, if it's as long-winded and disjointed as the rest of this conversation has been, I'd like to have your permission to record it with my phone. Man, I'm really starting to like you, Doc. Sure, record away. Okay, so let's take a journey into the past. After I got my brain scan, 
My studious habits kept me in the darkened aisles of the local library, scouring for anything that would shed light on the horribleness of my sensitivities. What I found was scientific explanations of brain evolution and survivability mechanisms that mankind had left over from an earlier primitive incarnation. But I tell you, the survival tactics of sensing the movement of a predator in the corner of a Neolithic man hunting in the savannas had nothing to do with the terrible spectral nightmares I could sense all around me. Those instincts sure didn't help me notice the pretty librarian who had started to notice me coming in every day either. Hi. Oh, uh, hello. Hi. I'm sorry, is the library closing? Sometimes I just lose track of time. I'm sorry, miss. I'll go. Oh, no, no, we don't close for hours. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is... You don't remember her name? Look, a lot of stuff is fuzzy from that time. Keep listening and you'll see why. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. My name is Toby. Yeah, I've seen you around here a lot lately. Are you a psych student or...? Oh, this? Um, yeah. That's it. I'm a psych major. Big, uh... Essay coming up. Evolutionary Perspectives on Human Behavior. Wow, that's quite a hefty read. What's your essay on? Well, I'm fascinated by the idea that maybe we all have these instincts that we don't need anymore. And whether or not we've evolved physically to sort of... How do I say this? Cover up those instincts. Like how we don't really need wisdom teeth anymore because we aren't chomping dried barley every day. So now some people aren't even born with them. Or they're born with them impacted, like their body created them but knows they don't actually need them, so they just sit under our gums making the rest of our teeth crooked. I think that maybe something like that could be going on, but in our brains. Something that doesn't feel as tangible as a tooth. I kept waiting for her to laugh and walk away. Beautiful women didn't tend to talk to me. No one really talked to me. But she didn't laugh. She said... That's so fascinating. Really? Yeah. I mean, as someone with their degree in library science, I read a lot and come across such a myriad of topics every day, but this one is new to me. Hey, what are you doing Friday night? The library is having a Halloween party, and if you don't have any plans... Friday? Wow, I didn't realize it was Halloween already. I'd love to come. Great. Do I need to dress up? It would be more fun if you did. The theme is vampires. Vampires? Cool. I look forward to it. Me too. Well, I'll let you get back to your studies. That week, I went back to being consumed by my own brain. The pretty librarian would drop by to say hello and chat sometimes. I was new to flirting, and that week was a bright spot in my memory. The day of the party had me feeling anxious. 
as I flopped around emotionally like a fish drying in the desert shores of my skull. I wish I had not agreed to come, but as I adjusted my polyester cape and walked through the double doors of the library, the wholesome merriment was calming. I could blend in again and slip out after a few minutes or perhaps I could look at more books. Everyone was kind in their hand-me-down vampire and witch costumes. Excuse me, um, where can I find... Oh, you must be the psych major. She's been gabbing about you all week. She's in the back. You should go find her. She's been talking about me? Oh, yeah. You've definitely caught her eye. She's got a real thing for you. I was gobsmacked, Doc. This beautiful librarian was the first time I really thought I had a chance at a normal future. She was even into my brain stuff. Maybe she'd be the first person to get it. And did she? (sighs) I walked to the back of the library and she emerged from the shadows with white skin, but intensely solid black eyes. I found myself enthralled, yet repulsed by her eyes. Your eyes? What happened? Oh, don't worry. They're just contacts. It's okay. I'm so glad you made it. She kept talking, but I didn't hear her. I was frozen, staring, and the sweat started to run down my forehead. I couldn't stop staring straight into them. The dark mirror of them. Endless. Eternal. The hairs on the back of my neck had never stood up higher. I felt faint. She grabbed my arm as I began retching. Oh my god, Toby! Are you sick? You could have asked for a rain check, I wouldn't have minded. Let's get you over to the bathroom, it's right over here. I'm gonna grab you a ginger ale. I collapsed into the men's room and crawled over to a urinal to vomit. I couldn't make it to the stall. I stood to rinse my mouth out and look in the mirror and to give myself a pep talk. They're just contacts. What the fuck is wrong with you? She's gorgeous and she likes you for some fucking reason. Just chill. As I began to formulate a plan about eating expired leftovers, she walked in. Sorry, they didn't have ginger ale, but I thought a Sprite would be the next best thing. The party had been dimly lit for ambience, but now we were standing in a fluorescent bathroom, and it was the first time I could really get a look at her makeup. She clearly wasn't into those sexy vampires who live in mansions and seduce wayward travelers. I looked down to see holes in her skin. Closely clustered holes and bubbles. My god, my disgust was overwhelming. It's just makeup. It's Halloween makeup. No, no, the holes, the holes won't let me out. I violently threw up again as I ran out the door. I felt drugged. I was in a vertigo of disgust, spiraling 
Madness as shadows covered me. My mind was gone. I woke up in the asylum. The drugs they had me on made me feel restrained and calm. Nothing could make me feel. The shadows and dark invisibilities meant nothing to me. I was in a daze. All I could think of is swimming in those black eyes. The holes. Holes in flesh. Mr. Moore, are you alright? They let me out not long after, and I have found myself with an insatiable need to know what it is my mind is saving me from knowing. I know that I am not imagining anything, Doc. I think that our minds have acted like the liver, sorting out concepts and ideas that are too toxic and insane for us to fathom. That it allows us to only know and see the things that we have evolved to be able to withstand. And that my sensitivity or malformed genetic difference has made me different. Perhaps the x-ray I had that shows a dead part of my mind is the source of my vulnerability to knowing the horrible terror of what we don't see. Or what our minds won't let us know. I want you to remove the rest of that part of my brain. Revert me to the time before man evolved to deny what it did not want to know. I've stopped the recording, Mr. Moore. You aren't incorrect about my innate curiosity that has caused some professional troubles for myself. I will perform this procedure, but not here at the hospital. I have a private operating room in my home. Great. Let's do this thing. You aren't going to inquire any further about the fact that I just revealed that I have a private operating room? Haven't you been listening, Doc? I'm a desperate man. If you had said you had some whiskey and an old bone saw from the Civil War in a barn somewhere, I would say yes. I have to know. Well then, let me write down the address for you. On this date, arrive at 3 a.m. sharp. Don't eat anything for 12 hours beforehand. Ah, Mr. Moore. I'm so glad you came. I appreciate your discretion in using the back entrance. Nosy neighbors and all that. This way you can also come straight into the lab without tracking mud through the house. Quite the place you've got here, Doc. More things in jars than I'm comfortable with, if I'm honest, but hey. Beggars can't be choosers, am I right? <laughs> right, Mr. Moore. I'd like you to meet my wife, Lavinia. She acts as my OR nurse for these special circumstances. She's trained, so you don't have to worry about that. Mrs. Delgado. Oh, please, call me Lavinia. I am so happy you're here. My husband told me all about your theories, and I'm quite interested to see the results. So where should I...? Oh, we have a little dressing room here in the corner where you'll change into your gown. When you're ready, just hop up on the table and I'll start your anesthetic, and it's night-night time for you, Mr. Moore. 
All right, then. Everyone ready? In just a blink of an eye, you'll be a new man, Mr. Moore. Hupsy Daisy, sleepyhead! Uh, did it happen? Is it done? It is done, Mr. Moore. The procedure's complete. And it was a success. I hope you don't mind me keeping this. Is that... The mass we removed from your brain? Yes, it is. As you observed when you arrived, I do have a penchant for things in jars. Now, the procedure wasn't as invasive as I hypothesized it would be. So, you should be okay to stand and walk around. Oh, careful there, young man. You're still a little loopy. I think it worked. I don't seem to feel anything around. No betweeners is what I believed you called them in our first meeting. Yes, betweeners. I can't seem to feel them lurking. My thoughts are just... Thoughts? Could it be, Doc? Am I free? Am I free of the phantoms? Perhaps your phantoms were never real. Not in the corporeal sense. Perhaps I could be holding them right here. In the palm of my hand. I'm going outside. For once in my life, I can live and be around people without these things lurking in my periphery. I can live! Mr. Moore, I request your discretion. Please don't. By now, all of our neighbors will be leaving for work and school. The neighborhood is abuzz with activity, and I don't want to set off any alarm bells to my little hobby here. Sorry, Doc. I'm gonna take my brain for a new walk in the sunshine. Mr. Moore, please, I beg of you. Maybe I can even track down the librarian and... No. No. What are those? What are those? What are... What are what, are what Mr. Moore? The children? The, the parents? Hey there, Mike. This is just one of Lavinia's nephews. They're feeding on them. They're feeding on them all! They're tentacled and purple. They have a thousand eyes and gaping mouths. They're even feeding on the children. Doctor, you've got one too. Mr. Moore, we must get you back inside. You're causing a scene. It was helping us. Part of the brain, it was keeping us from seeing them. Our mind had filtered out the existence of these things and their disgusting feeding holes on our flesh. We could never do anything about them. So our simple minds decided not to know about them anymore. What have I done, Doc? What have I done? Put it back. Put it back! You know I can't do that, Mr. Moore. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're all I can see. They're all I can see! 
Now they know you know. And now we know they know we know. We have to be careful not to get their attention. What do you think? Should we get a cool medical procedure that helps us to see the insanely terrible stuff that exists all around us? Well, will it make us feel better? Better to be able to actually see all the terrible things? I know. It's almost like we should just probably like, ignore it all and go back to our lives. Maybe there's a procedure that will help us forget we know about all the terrible stuff that's out there. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'll sign us up, okay? Problem solved. Written by Shelby Scott. Starring Atticus Jackson as Toby. Damon Ollins as Dr. Delgado. Addison Peacock as the librarian. Daisy McNamara as woman. Katrina Pacina as Lavinia. Skinner as Raleigh Rodden. Dialogue editor, Atticus Jackson. Sound designer, Brad Colbrook. Music, Ryan Howes. Showrunner and director, Shelby Scott. Creative director, Skinner. Producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Executive producers, Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm. Bye!